127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew. Hi. Yo. Got a bit of a normal intro this week. Back to the OG. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I still remember when I came up with that intro. I was grabbing an XLR cable. <laughs> and I was... And it hit you? Yeah. And now it's it's just stuck. Because I, I used to switch it up every single week. I don't know if you remember that. I do. Like it was it was not based off one central theme. And now here we are. So what? I, I like it. What, what number are we on? Uh, I think this is 52. This is 52? Num- mm. Episode 52. 52 weeks in a year. There mm. are. But we also had 12 days of Christmas, which we missed like three. Yeah. Or I guess two weeks of it, podcast episodes. But did we label the 12 days of Christmas? Cri- 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 <laughs> the, the next was always like... Mm-hmm. Those week, were... Un, unnumbered. Unnumbered episodes. Oh, we've gone yeah, more. Those, we've, those weren't full episodes. So. We've gone wow. beyond. Yep. Hmm. And that doesn't include Sunday night sermons. That's right. Thankfully. Which, by the way, they pop off. So keep doing what the Lord's doing through you because it's working. People are listening. Sunday night was fun. Oh, Yeah. It was. Not a worship. Yeah. Mm. Can, now you get to say that you preached in a palace. I preached in a palace. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> That's not, on your resume. It's not really my definition of a palace. But it's, no, it, it's a palace. It, it is the palace, not a True. palace. Yeah, you're right. The palace in downtown Bryan. It was fun. Yeah. Um, that, we were thinking, because it, it didn't cost a lot to reserve that. I was amazed, actually, at the cost. And, yeah. and it's we could get 550, 600 people in there. And so... I'm, wow. th- I'm thinking out loud on the podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, but Sunday night? if you, yeah, like even a kickoff thing or something, cause there's, there's cool food down there. Mm-hmm. If you told the restaurants you were going to be down there, you know, and just flood, flood the streets with a couple hundred college students and, and just worse about time. We got to get a screen though. Cause it's tiny TVs. <laughs> Dude, that thing burnt. <laughs> didn't cut. <laughs> that thing turned green. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, so funny. But yeah. But otherwise it's a, it's a really cool venue. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that the, the lawn was, I guess it's turf. I didn't mm-hmm. see it until it was dark, I don't think. But I, I walked back there to say hi to my family yeah. and walked onto the grass. And I'm like, what is, what is this? <laughs> I didn't know where I was for some, a second. Some weird grass. Um, green, green grass. It was not. Mm-hmm. We, we could do, don't even need chairs. Just bring your blanket. Oh, that would, yeah. that would be, that's a being better idea. Yeah, like a picnic. 127 at night on at, the grass. At the palace. 127 on the grass at the palace. <laughs> we can't label it. 127 on the grass. <laughs> that would be awesome. 127 at the palace on the grass. ATPOTG. What? You're fast at that. At the palace on the grass. AT- oh, wow. ATPOTG. I can't say it. This is really changing gears, but I thought of this as we kicked off the uh the intro i'm sure baseball talk will eventually find its way at the end of the podcast but what is uh i feel like i've had so many conversations with people which is so bad but but travis kelsey taylor swift yeah what what is happening because i don't know i guess i'm not caught up with pop culture i know who taylor swift is i know she's got some following i know she's got some influence just a little bit but what are y'all's opinions on uh on this uh, 
new i don't even know what to call it yeah i honestly i it was i i didn't real i didn't even know who taylor swift was until uh <laughs> can't even say it with a straight <laughs> face <laughs> no Ta- taylor swift made taylor wait what I'm travis kelsey made taylor swift famous yeah i'm just kidding i Showing knew who up. taylor swift was uh it was a joke but travis kelsey's mom <laughs> made taylor swift famous <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, i mean how do we feel about it uh because dude they'll score a touchdown not even travis kelsey and they'll just pan up to the, <laughs> to the booth What's taylor doing? like what hey guys go to taylor <laughs> and they they know their audience you know yeah. yeah yeah which is i don't know or they know how to grow their audience yeah yeah i mean it's a business it has to be i mean it is because all those clips get posted to social media non-stop right? and then they're like oh i get a new glimpse of taylor and they and they're like i'm gonna watch these games because like we, you can say, and I, I can confidently say as an MLB, like that's the only thing that we watch sports wise. Uh, I guess I can say religiously in our house with, with any kind of rhythm in yeah. our house. And, and we pay for the MLB uh, TV subscription so we can watch the Red Sox everywhere they're at. And this year, the viewership of the MLB went up, like attendance went up 9%. Viewership went up a lot mm. uh, because of the rule changes and stuff they did. And so it, Peach clock. for, I hope it's authentic and I hope Jesus invades the relationship and I hope that like they use their influence for, for the gospel. Okay. That that's a big giant prayer. Um, and so it's not like I'm praying ill on them, Yeah. but, but it would be a great play for the NFL to be like, Hey Taylor, we'll give you box seats, show up, you yeah. and Travis play this game. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I, there's, there's been so many rumors of NFL script writing yeah. for so long that <laughs> this just cannot be just authentic. There's it's no so way. Strong. There's no way. Because it came out of nowhere. And that's also true. And it maybe, maybe so, maybe no. But it's like, and I love that he's this big giant. Um, I mean, he is. He's a, a yeah, big man. Yeah. Uh, and and famous in the sports scene, playing for the most famous football team in America. Probably, I mean, we can argue the best over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, with the most yeah. visible NFL quarterback, and for him to uh, it start by going, "Hey, I had this friendship bracelet I wanted to give her at a concert." Yeah. Like, bro, you're a toddler yeah, in this approach yeah. uh, to her. You would think like, I'll have my agent reach out to your agent. We'll go get, you know, we'll go get drinks somewhere. Yeah. No, th- like this is how this whole thing started. Bracelet. And then, and then <sighs> since then we read, he, he gained more fans in the, or more Instagram followers in the month of September than he did after all of his Super Bowls combined. Oh my gosh. And so, I mean, he's played in three and mm. it's, it, and that's how, I mean, I don't think that the typical NFL um, Super Bowl guy watching it's like now I'm gonna go follow this yeah, tight end on yeah. Instagram. It's you know the, it's Swifty Nation whatever that is, uh, but but like that's unbelievable. Yeah. And who gained the the second most followers in September? I have no idea. His brother. My <laughs> <laughs> dude. His is land this the giant. Podcast? Yeah. Their podcast. Sure. And so Jason, who's who's talking about his <laughs> brother dating Taylor, is like, yeah. oh, everybody follow him now. Mm-hmm. And I love that and I hate it because like there's zero personal <laughs> space that those people have. Yeah. This is the most yeah. public relationship there's ever been, I think. Good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Is it going to work? We'll see. Because I, I genuinely just thought they were friends, you know? I didn't think they were more than that. Friendship bracelet. Where are the boundaries at, bro? He done, he just, he might have drawn the line. Yeah. <laughs> you should have given her a relationship bracelet. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying. We, I, I think we just don't do a great job of defining, you know, a lot of things. 
in our culture. <laughs> we the church or we the NFL <laughs> we football the association? <laughs> yeah, just America. We don't really define what America. it means to be sure. friends yeah. or whatever, you know? It's a good D- word. We DTR in it. <laughs> yeah, we're about to DTR real fast. Welcome to the podcast. Co-ed friendships, Christian friendships. We can honestly, I mean, I feel like if it's not Christian friendships, there's, you know, no bound. And so uh, we're going into the co-ed Christian friendship realm of the podcast. So first question, we always start off with this. What even is a co-ed friendship and are they even important? Uh, Go ahead, Caleb. I want to hear your definition of this. (laughs) I mean, co-ed is male and female. Yeah. Um, Friendships, a friendship between a male and a female. (laughs) That is something... (laughs) <laughs> Ruined from a textbook. <laughs> that's not like a. I mean, I would say the Bible says you're. It's kind of a side and a side tangent, but the Bible says you're single until you're married. So I would say a co-ed friendship is any friendship between a male and a female that, where the male and female are not married. Yeah. Um, I think that's the basic mm. idea. It is a basic idea. It's a good baseline. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Why, why are these, cause I think people talk about it a lot of, a lot of times and you already kind of hinted at this of defining things and being clear. Like why are these friendships even important? Cause like I got my boys, I can do life. I'm, I'm chilling. Why, why are these, are they even important? And if so, why? Are, are co-ed relationships important? Yep. Or important enough to pay attention to. I mean, they have to be important because the the creation story just screams it. Yeah. Uh, hey, be fruitful and multiply. That only happens in co-ed relationships. Um, we're not going to go down a different <laughs> a different trail right here. But but I mean, God's good design is that co-ed relationships lead to following the the, the first ordered commandment of of people. Yeah. Um, and so, and part of the be fruitful and multiply is for God's glory. And so, the the relationship is that co-ed relationships also lead to, I mean, they lead to babies, which is a result of marriage. And, and in marriage, when, when we do premarital counseling with people, we're saying, for some reason, God designed marriage to be one of the, if not the strongest reflection of the gospel to the world. The, the analogies between Christ and the church, I mean, how we are called to love one another, how husbands are called to love their wives. Um, we even talked about it, you know, last week at church, that type of relationship is the elevated relationship in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we talk about co-ed relationships, uh, they are, they're going to end. We're talking friendship here. So I need to, I need to stay in that realm. Um, but, but those friendships are going to end up being like, you are going to remain friends. You're going to not be friends or you're going to be married. Mm -hmm. All of them somewhat important, but especially on the married side. And so when we look at co-ed relationships in our culture, we have hyper hyper vigilant uh matchmakers who are going oh he talked to her and mm-hmm. so they're on their way to marriage and and then you just pay attention to it uh i don't think that that's the safe play um and i think that mm-hmm. we use that term marriage and dating uh wrongly most of the time anyway but uh because it can lead to something that is really really great designed to be great in god's eyes then we just pay probably closer attention to and we should uh, co-ed relationships around us. Yeah. I mean, why are they important? Like John said, God calls us to some, we, I heard a breakout session the other day and one of the guys was, was talking about how, um, God created each gender uniquely and how 
human beings are made in the image of God, but he, he said the wording, which I thought was interesting that on, an, on, on your own, if you're a guy or on your own girl, you don't, you don't complete the image. You, you don't represent the full image of God. And yet when a man and a woman, um, which I know we're not talking about marriage, but men and women together collectively, um, make up the full image of God, um, that, that God made them both in his image and they both reflect his character. And so I think, um, I mean, personally, why do I need to have co-ed friendships? Because there are a lot of things that women do a lot better than I do at loving Christ, at loving others. And so I think even in that, I was going to ask him to name a couple, but this is such a dangerous game to play. Uh, I know in that, like one, give one, us some example. Okay, okay. one basic reason why, why we need co-ed friendships is to point us to Jesus in ways that maybe we don't, we're sure. not good at to point yeah. us to Jesus in, in ways that we don't even think about. Because again, like there are so many things that I think as we, as guys are blind to in our walk with Jesus, that girls are, are not blind to. And on, on the flip side, there's things that girls are blind to in their walk with Christ that they need to be reminded by guys of. So we need each other. Yeah. You, you hinted at this earlier that there's kind of three outcomes, I guess of, of these co-ed friendships of either you're not friends anymore after something happens, you remain friends or you get married. But I've, I've, I don't know. I've heard it said, um, just from, from rumblings, can, can guys and girls even be friends or is there always just that, like that, that voice in the back of either a guy or a girl's head of like, Oh, this could work out. Like, I don't know. I feel like I always hear of super solid friendships that are like, Oh, they're definitely going to start dating or, um, one of the two parties are like, oh, this could work out. Um, and it just never seems to be like a mutual, we're just going to be friends. This is going to be platonic. This is going to be a friendship that glorifies the Lord. So are these even really possible to the way that we're kind of describing them? I, I hope so, because um, my directive towards marriage uh, is not based off of attraction. It's not based off of feelings necessarily. Uh, it's, it's based off of commitment mm. one. Um, and so, but so to zoom, maybe zoom out a little bit farther in, in the Bible, you only see three types of relationships. Also it's believer, unbeliever. So don't be unequally yoked. Mm. Uh, now we're speaking towards probably the physical intimate relationship. Then you have brother, sister, um, which would be everybody who's a Christian, who's not married, um, which is the, the, the shots I will take from stage and go, Hey, if, if you're dating somebody, treat them like you would treat your sister and we're watching you. And so, um, pay attention that way. And then you know, husband, wife. And, and so even thinking about getting from brother, sister to husband, wife, uh, there has to be an element of relationship that we could just label friendship that probably goes into close friendship, um, spaces. But so often we we look at the end or we look towards the end um, as the goal. And so we allow some of the characteristics that can take place in marriage to function within our friendships. Mm. And that's where that gets really dangerous uh, because you're wired that way. Like I'm, I'm thankful that Christians are like, I want to be married. I want to I want to have babies. I want to have a family. All of those things, th those are gifts from the Lord. But when we try to control and in controlling how we get to the destination, you often pervert the relationship to get there. Uh, yeah. You speed it up or you, you make some decisions that will affect your future marriage anyway. 
Uh, and so it, there's a, there's a careful balance there, but I think that in that balance, it does include having, having friendships. Uh, I mean, you go, what, what is it? Hebrews 10, uh, 24 and 25. Yeah. Let, let's consider how we may spur one another onto good works. Um, let us encourage one another, uh, as in building, building one another up just as you've been doing in first Thessalonians. Like the, all of those verses aren't only do this with guys, only do this with girls. Um, but there's, they come with what I would say, future marriage, uh, stipulations, boundaries, ideas that you need to be thinking about, um, that you can't let happen now within your, your close friendship. So I, I went a really long way to say that I think that guys and girls can and should be friends, but there's a, there's a difficult space there. Mm, yeah. So with that, there's a difficult space. Sure. How do we, how do we walk in obedience to what God is calling us to in that difficult space? Kind of like, it's the question is like, how do we establish clear boundaries and does a conversation have to happen? Um, with every single guy and girl friendship of, Hey, this is, I just want us to be friends. Or do you think it only need, like, how do you go about approaching this, these difficult, you know, spaces that could cause a lot of confusion? Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to first start off by saying, I, I think it's interesting that when the Bible talks about, again, John said that one of the main relationships described in the Bible is marriage. And almost every time in the Bible that, it says um, a husband was was um, united to his wife. It says that the man knew his wife or that um, Adam knew Eve. Or And so the reason I bring that up is that in marriage, there's supposed to be this level of intimacy. And so I think the key in our co-ed friendships is you can know one another and you can serve one another, but there there is a level of intimacy that I think that shouldn't be crossed because that is again reserved for um, husband and wife, and so I think in our co-ed friendships, one one key is just knowing that intimacy is reserved only for husband and wife, and so because of that, there are certain boundaries we shouldn't cross. Um, there are certain things that we shouldn't tell um, people of the opposite gender that are our friends. It's not that we want to hide things from them, but it's that because they're not in a place of marriage with us and they're not united in a covenant with us. There are certain things that we shouldn't intimately tell um, people of the opposite sex. And so I think that's just a good guideline is that because of your, um, again, like it, when you're not in a covenant of marriage, don't do the things that are supposed to be fulfilled in a covenant of marriage because you are in a co-ed, co-ed friendship um, fulfill the things that are supposed to happen in a co-ed friendship, serving one another, um, not neglecting the habit of meeting together as is some, but, um, spurring another one another on encouraging one another. Those are the responsibilities of co-ed friendships, not, not intimate details, not, um, not all of those things that come with marriage. So I think, I think that's a good guideline. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that should be a conversation between, I don't know, cause I, I when I hear people talk about establish strong boundaries so that there's clarity within these friendships, does that need to happen in every single guy and girl friendship or do you get what I'm trying to ask? Ish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say it, it needs to happen in every friendship that, that boundaries are almost being crossed. But I would say even in, in every friendship, I think it's a good conversation to have. Yeah. Because again, you, you, you have to remind 
people and you, you want to make your, your purpose and your intentions clear that, Hey, like we are friends. I want to spur you on to good works and I want to encourage you. Mm. Um, and so I, I think any, any friendship that doesn't do that is, is going to lead people into confusion. I know for my own life, um, there have been times when if I would have just clearly said, Hey, I just want to be friends or these are my intentions. It would have left people with a lot more confidence and peace and they would have been more encouraged to do those good works that we had talked about earlier. And so I think it's, it's not, you don't have to necessarily, but I think it's a, it's a positive and it's, I don't see the, I don't see any negatives coming from being clear. Again, clarity is, is the best form of kindness that you can do in friendships. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, when we did the sex and dating series last year, I think that's my that was my second point that we date uh, we date for clarity, not for intimacy. Um, the first one is seek seek uh, character over chemistry, and and so even those two things, if you if you can allow that to function in your friendships, uh, even if you have the mind and and girls and guys hear this um, as single college students, that that's going to be a thought. And if, if your thought is, I'm going to go after understanding their character, I'm going to go after clarity in our relationship more than, more than chemistry, even in, uh, even in friendships, then we will draw natural boundary lines, um, and maybe even unnatural for some people, uh, to help us clarify, uh, the relationship. Um, now in that, because friendships are, I don't want to tap this pen on the table. Sorry, because friendships are intimate. Okay. Hear that. Um, you should have people in your life that you share prayer requests with, that Mm -hmm. you share difficulty with, that you laugh until you cry with, that you, um, literally cry with through difficult things. Um, and so my wife and I, of course we, we have that relationship and it's, it's natural because we're married and we've known each other for 20 years and all of those things. Uh, our, our new student pastor, Ethan and I, um, we have a here, when I say this, we have an intimate relationship because he, he knows me differently than a lot of people. He prays for me differently than a lot of people. We've walked through really, really difficult things, um, in that and in our intimate relationship, there is no sexual tension. Okay. So I'm free to, yeah. to reveal some things to him and to act in certain ways without what, he, what God has designed where prayer and walking through difficulty and celebrating well are intimate things. And so he's designed that to be shared with your wife or yeah. with your best friend. Yeah without and so so guys i would say you cannot have girls as your best friend because being best friends i don't even know what that means really but i but i kind of do having that type of relationship where you run to them in prayer and you run to them in difficulty and you run as especially as a single guy you're yeah. setting yourself up for failure because god designed those moments to be intimate moments yeah. yeah um and and i like can loudly say like he's a bro that i can do that with without any any fear of that at yeah. all uh, and so drawing those lines to know that the Lord has made you, um, to, to function that way and to have those type mm-hmm. of relationships with you all over scripture and removing the, uh, the dangerous from that is, is wise. And so if, if you're a guy who's just like, why like, well, I'm just, I'm, it's easier for me to make friends with girls than guys. The enemy's winning in your life. Mm-hmm. It, it's easier for me to go after a prostitute than get married. It's mm-hmm. a terrible play like ease. 
mm. do hard things and, and do the work to, to find guys that have your back and girls do the same thing. If it's easier for you to have guy friends and girlfriends, duh. Yeah. Like there's a reason for that. And I, and I kind of mean that to be harsh uh, a little bit when you hear that, but, but you have to do the hard work because relationships are hard work and God created them to be, to be difficult yeah. because they're the, the most difficult things or the most worthwhile things are difficult to do. And so, so draw that boundary, knowing that if you're just like, I'm only going to, I'm a girl and I'm going to have guy friends, you're not going to get to the space of care as a single person that you need from those guys. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the way that I kind of approach that, especially when we talk about what clarity and chemistry looks like in relationships more than chemistry and intimacy. Yeah. That's yeah. Really good. Uh, good point. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. We, again, for those listening, we went to Conclave yesterday, it was a conference and I, I, I really enjoyed this, this breakout I went to. And so one of the things, a guy that knew a lot more about um, psychology, about science, about um, gender identity than I did. But one of the things he said was that from, from a young age, from the age of zero to three, and then from the gap from four to 10, boys and girls are supposed to develop three, three relationships. And so for boys, they're supposed to develop a relationship, an intimate relationship um, not sexual, obviously, but an intimate relationship with their father from the age of four to 10. Second, they're supposed to develop a relationship with a best friend, a guy, best friend, one or two of those. And then they're all supposed to also supposed to develop a relationship with their mother. However, when they, when they bridge that gap from four to 10 to puberty, which was an 11 to 16 age gap, you are supposed to disconnect in that relationship with your mother. Now that doesn't mean that you're not supposed to love your mother, that you're not supposed to, to talk to your mother, but there's supposed to be this disconnect that you go from always wanting to talk to your mother about things to let's go to, let's go to dad. And so the example he used was, um, how many of you guys, once you got about eight or nine, you said, I don't, I don't want to talk to mom anymore. I want to go kill something with dad. And so that was the natural Heard. response to a, a, a psychological development and a biological development in the guy's body. And likewise for girls, they were supposed to develop the relationship with their mother, their father, and one or two girl best friends. And so you see they're not in, that's psychology and biology t telling us that, not, not even necessarily the Bible. And it's telling us that, that as guys, we need best friends from a young age, guy best friends. And for girls, they need girl best friends. Why? Because, because God knew it from the beginning. God knew from the beginning that we need each other because as guys, there are certain things, again, that girls just will not understand about guys. And likewise, there are guys that will never understand things about girls. And so guys, when you, when you have your best friends as girls, what you're really doing is you're really um, putting a box on what God wants to teach you in your life. You're really putting a, a box on what God wants to reveal to you about your sin, uh, because again, guys and girls struggle with the same things, but also we struggle in different ways. And so often when, when guys come to me or when guys, I see guys with only girlfriends, they're really, um, afraid, I think to, to be honest about what they struggle with because girls are not going to understand what they struggle with in the same way. And I think likewise, when girls only have guy friends, they're really, again, afraid to be honest with what they struggle with. And so they'd rather just have these friendships with guys because guys will understand it differently. They won't understand what I really get with. And I, and I, I'm okay with that. I don't want them to know what I struggle with.
So, yeah, we, we've kind of touched the surface of some of these boundaries that shouldn't be crossed in a co-ed friendship, but could we just like further go down like specifics, like probably do's and don'ts, honestly, for the listener. Um, and obviously this may get, you know, very in depth, but, um, just some like, Hey, like this is probably a good idea for a co-ed friendship and Hey, this is probably something you should avoid in a co-ed friendship. Yeah. Uh, co-ed friendships are, let me scare you a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. Some of you are like, yeah, uh, co-ed friendships are just practicing for marriage. Um, and so it, you can personally define what you want your marriage to look like, uh, as, as women, especially, I think you can begin to, to draw some friendship expectations that you would like your husband to function in. And that, um, and in that, I think you can reverse engineer it back to yourself to, to maybe the ways that you think about how you treat people. So, so when you get married, do you want your husband's best friend to be women? Um, I, I think all of you listening were just like, no, not even a chance. Yeah. And so also, so when you get married, you shouldn't have best friends that are men. Um, that's, it's a, it's a disaster waiting to happen mm-hmm. in marriage. And so thinking about that, then, then you are practicing right now for what your marriage is going to look like. You are, you're building habits and expectations for your marriage now. Mm-hmm. So function in those, uh, in a way that builds a healthy marriage, not the other way around. And so like, like we would have to say right off the bat, you, you can't, you should not be best friends with someone of the opposite sex. Like when I say our opposite, opposite sex relationships. Okay. Yes. I think the Bible points us to that. We already talked about it. It's needed. Um, there are things that, that, that females bring to the table that are beneficial, um, that help point us to Jesus to do all of those things. But um, they should not be our, our primary, uh, yeah. as a guy, I shouldn't have a girl best friend. I, I get to now cause it's my wife. Um, but outside of that relationship, it shouldn't be, um, second, all of your co-ed relationships should be out in the open. You shouldn't be, yeah. you shouldn't be keeping secrets with them. You shouldn't be hanging out with them by yourself because that will be something that if you do it now, when you're married, it's something that you'll get into the habit of doing. Uh, and so there's no hiding that relationship from other people. There's no sneaking around. There's no, you know, arguing for or fighting for one-on-one time with that person. It's a, it's Mm -hmm. a a bad play. Like if you're, if you are, you know, avoiding accountability time with your guys, if you're avoiding hangout time with your guys to just to go hang out with one girl, um, who you're not dating, uh, one who's just a friend, you're in a really dangerous space. And then third, um, you should surround yourself with, with guys like that, for me, I'm speaking from the guy space from, for girls, you surround yourself with girls who bless that friendship. Yeah. And so they look at it and go, Hey, so-and-so I, I know that you're friends with, and every so often you hang out with him. Like, like we love, we love that person. And you guys, it, not from a dating sense, it's like, like your friendship is, is great. Like we don't see any issues with it. And you should ask them about that. Um, because when you're married, you're more than likely not going to, you know, guys, your wife is not going to work at a, you know, a coven where they're just only surrounded by nuns. They're going to be in an office or in a school or in a wherever that they have, they have other people from the opposite sex with them. And, and it should be like, Hey, have you met and, and build the relationships with the people that you also have relationships. So your spouse looks at them and goes, and I bless that friendship. Like, like you both reflect Jesus. Well, uh, you're, it's safe. Um, so you're not keeping secrets from them and you can practice that now in your friendship circles to go, Hey, you know, so-and-so comes and hangs out. What do you think of her? 
that's always a dangerous question with guys because we always just like, Oh, you, you get married. Um, <laughs> you like her, don't you? Uh, but, but having people that just know your relationships to the point that they can bless them yeah. safely. Yeah. Yeah. Some practical that I just thought of, um, again, I think it's nice to, to frame your mind around what things, um, should not happen in a co-ed friendship again, because God has clearly defined those as taking place in a marriage. And so I think just a good practical thing is, um, obviously don't cross physical boundaries with someone that's, you're not dating. That's, that's pretty obvious. Uh, I would say even praying one-on-one with a person that you're not, um, married to is, is dangerous because again, like John said, that's, that's designed by God to be an intimate thing. Um, I would even go as far to say that hanging out one-on-one with someone that you're not dating is probably not wise. Um, because I know for my own life that Satan is going to easily creep in and try to, to make me think that it's something that it's not. Because once again, um, clarity is kindness. And so I think even one-on-one hanging out with a female that's not your girlfriend or your spouse is probably not the best idea. Um, and then again, like communication, I would say even communication, if, 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 if you were honest and you looked at your, your phone and who you text most often, if, if you would, you could say honestly that you text more girls than guys as a guy, um, or vice versa. If you text more guys than girls as a girl, it's probably not the best for you. Um, because again, the, cl- the closest people to us, if we're single and unmarried, should be our, our accountability groups, our guys for guys or girls for girls. And so I would, I would say those are a few things like it's probably not super wise to pray uh, one-on-one look at who you text. Mm. Um, look at who you, you spend the most um, intimate times of your day with. Um, and so I, I think even in that, like, <laughs> uh, not, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Sure. He hit the the mute button. (laughs) Yeah. Discernment. I I think something that you hit on earlier that's so important is um, just this. I'm going to blank on what I was just thinking about. Dang it. That sucks. It was so (laughs) It was good. good. It's like the one thing I was going to say on the podcast. It's going to be so good. Uh, We'll just jump to the next question. We'll come back. Um, I think lastly is um, when someone walks into a co-ed friendship and boundaries are crossed, something happens that they weren't anticipating. Um, people, um, their accountability groups, their, their people that they get life from or wisdom from, um, speak to them about, Hey, this, this isn't wise. This isn't going away that it should. Are you sure you want this? Like, what are some ways to handle when there's miscommunication or a misconception about a co-ed friendship? Um, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Um, I, I, I like to play that card. I mean, sometimes you just got to grab a guy and shake him, uh, throw him against the wall, tell him yeah. he's a fool. But th- that's aggressive. No, the uh, our grace-filled response to people will be the strongest um, catalyst to um, not only repentance, but I think also to uh, learning from said sin, uh, just being able to function in a healthy manner, um, secondary, because often when we see, when we see someone who moves from like, uh, you were an associate, <laughs> I don't know if I like that word, but, but you were an associate with a girl or a guy and move into a friendship that moves into maybe like close friendship that could be dangerous. Then we, 
when we see it as dangerous, we either get like really uncomfortable or nervous or suspicious uh, of them. And we start talking behind their backs uh, or we get mad uh, at them. And, and all of those can be dangerous responses to people that, that can push them away, can push them to, to bite back at you, can push them to run towards that person that you had concerns with already because they already find some sort of comfort in them. Uh, and so, so your grace filled response to go, Hey, I, I see this, happening right now and I'm coming beside you in prayer and as somebody who's, who's available, um, to talk about these things and, and I'm not going to stop until, you know, until we find some sort of resolution the Lord pushes us in the right direction. Mm. Um, but, but I in care for the gospel, uh, am, am coming after you. Uh, so our grace filled response there is, is big, uh, to them because hear me, <laughs> relationships are really, really difficult. <laughs> Um, and marriage becomes really, really difficult. Uh, all of those things because the enemy hates, hates us functioning in right relationship. Yeah. So he, he wants to wreck that. So if we would put up in front when a brother or a sister is struggling in that area, they, we have to have, I have to have the type of relationship with them that they trust me coming to them in this conversation because our relationship is built on truth one, um, and is, is built on grace filled responses to one another. Uh, to, to go on rescue missions for one another and have those honest conversations um, that, that lead to um, sometimes difficult but healthy uh, responses in relationship is needed. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we on the podcast like to go back to the fall or to the garden. And so like, I just, I really like what John said about the enemy wanting to attack our, our friendships with girls or even more than that, like marriages. And so, you just, you look back to Genesis three. Um, and he says, God says, after the enemy has, has tempted Eve and then Eve is, um, convinced Adam, he, God says to, to, to Eve, he says to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing and pain. You shall bring forth children. Uh, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And so there, that verse, there's this like competing desire against men and women and so you see from the, the beginning, Satan wanted to put enmity or um, conflict between men and women. And so I think um, your, your charge and your encouragement in this is that like, even when you fail, know that um, from the beginning, God created men and women to exist in unity um, and not conflict. And, and like John said, the enemy has always wanted that to be the case, wanted conflict to rise up, wanted men and women to hate each other, wanted men and women to live in strife with one another. And so I think your encouragement is that know that God um, began by making things right, that the things were originally right and that God will make things new. And so even when, when you feel like you've crossed boundaries, whether they were physical or emotional or mental, um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's going to be okay because if, if Christ is sufficient for your sin, if Christ is sufficient for um, your your actions and your wrongdoing, then Christ is sufficient enough to take this and to redeem it. And so I think a practical piece of advice is w- when those things go wrong, um, a lot of times I think we we as, as Christians think that we just need to break off the friendship, that because we cross these boundaries, we just need to stop being friends with this person. We need to stop hanging out with them. And I would say that's not super kind. I would say that um, the best thing to do is to say, hey, 
I crossed a boundary, but I still want to be your friend. And so we're just going to, we're going to be friends, but we're going to, we're going to do what we have been saying this whole podcast. We're going to set boundaries and we're going to realize that there are certain things that co-ed friendship should not do. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to serve one another and we're going to stir one another up to, to love and good works. Like that's the point of co-ed friendships that we would um, help women and women would help us as men to love Jesus more and to, to, to seek him in all things. That's the point of co-ed friendships. Yeah. And, and I think that this is going to point back right to our vision verse, stand firm and strive together mm-hmm. uh, for the faith of the gospel. And I think, um, I don't know. I think when I started writing these questions, my first thought towards these things is very divisive, like guys, girls, and there's sure. some sort of line here. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we're, we're one church or one body. Um, we're sons and daughters of one King. Yeah. Um, and that's something to, um, just remember that these, these friendships are important, uh, but they shouldn't be your number one go-to if it's not a marriage relationship. Um, and that's, same gender friendships are worth contending for and worth fighting for, even if they're uncomfortable, um, even if it's um, takes more time to form than a co-ed friendship. Because I think co-ed friendships, people just want to be nice and they want to be courteous and friendly when when in reality, sometimes there's just two guys that are very strong personalities that it's hard for them to, to be vulnerable and honest with one another. Um, I know that can happen sometimes, but those are worth contending for because that's, at least for me, that's where I found life. I didn't find life from, um, you know, having uh, very surface level conversations with girls, uh, but it comes from the late nights with other guys of just, this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm struggling with. And can you pray for me? Yeah. Um, and then that's, that's what brings alive. I think Philippians one twenty seven is standing firm and striving together with the people that the Lord has placed beside you, which more likely than not is going to be co-ed. co-ed um, but also um, fighting for those, for those same gender friendships. That's good. Yeah. The last thing I just, I mean, I want to say one more thing and y'all can, y'all can go ahead. One more but thing. if, Seven. if Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, when he came down to earth, uh, you see in Luke eight that he had men and women as disciples. That is pretty clear. There was, um, Mary Magdalene. There was, uh, well, I think there was a lady named Susanna, but all these men and women were with him. And yet who did he get intimately personal with? the 12 and the three, Peter, James, and John. And I mean, I think part of that, I don't think the main reason necessarily, but part of that was because Jesus is a man. God is a, is a male. Um, and so, or he is a, he. And so I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be, he be, he. <laughs> go ahead. But so because of that, Jesus like was intimately personal with men. And I think we need to be, if we were honest, we need to learn from that, that again, guys need to be intimate, intimately personal with guys and girls need to be intimately personal with girls. I think if, if King Jesus did it, then, then why don't we? It's so. good. <laughs> I like that. So he is a he. I'm going to assume that everybody uh, listening to the podcast is, is an overachiever and they hung out with us on Sunday night. One of the, one of the things really what I led with the reason that we worship and sing is, is God's holiness put on display, but God's, God's holiness is as attractive as it is. It's also dangerous. Mm -hmm. And if we could apply that same uh, idea to co-ed relationships, they're attractive, but they're dangerous. Um, now, now I, I want to loudly declare because I drew a couple hard lines, maybe taking some shot, some shots at, at relationships, um, opposite or co-ed 
uh, interactions are important in us growing in our Christ likeness. They're important for uh, the health of the church. They're important to us to be able to minister to other people. Um, they're also an, an area where the enemy can wreck the gospel reflection in your life. And so, so it's one of those like, Hey, they're, they're great yeah. and they're beautiful and they're attractive and they're dangerous. And so yeah. we've said all of these things. And so to maybe to put it in a box for you, you have to understand that about relationships. You have to, to be okay drawing boundaries. I'm not going to give you prescriptive boundaries necessarily on what those are. We, we did some of that during the sex and dating series, but that was in a dating realm. Um, but you need to, to draw some boundaries and maybe you have a group of friends that you go, we're going to draw these together, make them based on scripture and, and, and run with it. If you need help, you know, reach out, maybe we'll, we'll throw some stuff at you. Um, but then more than drawing boundaries, you need to surround yourself with people who are, you've given permission to speak truth, who can see warning signs in your life in areas, maybe you struggle or the relationship is going, going the wrong way. Um, because here I was thinking about this, um, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to find the verse at all, but, but all throughout song of Solomon, which is kind of the intimate book of the Bible, he continues to call this woman, his sister. Mm. Um, and so, and so even when we go, well, we're just, we're just really good friends. We're just brothers and sisters in Christ. That's dangerous. Yeah, like yeah. in the Bible, he goes, my love, my sister. And sometimes you read that and go gross. <laughs> Um, but, but that's, that's the step that it, that you get to. That's what we talk about. The brother sister relationship in scripture leads to marriage. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be careful with that. So surround yourself with people that speak, that you've given permission to speak truth into your life that can help you identify the warning signs that, that may pop up. And that will build that accountability, um, for you, uh, when you draw those boundaries and allow people to honestly speak into you. Uh, in, in that, in that way, because they are important co-ed relationships. We have to get those things right. Yeah. Uh, it leads to healthy marriages. Begin thinking about and practicing that now. <laughs> it's like the outro coming like, in. That was good. Uh, <laughs> the organ came on. Um, and, but to function that way is going to be beneficial, uh, in your relationships. You'll draw those lines. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'll conclude with, uh, with my world series prediction. Because that's, hey, that's we're the, here. That's the tradition. You ready for this? I'm so excited. I'm going Astros Braves 2023 World Series. For those of you that don't know, Zach loves the Astros. I do. So that's but a little biased. Also, if you're a faithful listener and listened back a year ago. He did it. After one wild card game, I said Astros Phillies World Series. And what was the World Series? It was uh, Astros Phillies. He nailed it. Yep. I, mean, I mean, Braves is a great pick. and, and It's like, a safe one. It's really safe, but I also think that it's probably correct. I, <laughs> exactly. I, I will say this is a year where I think that three teams in the in the NL have almost no shot to make the World Series, and that's the Diamondbacks, the Brewers, and the Marlins. The only other team that I think has a decent shot than the Dodgers is the Phillies. Um, I, I think they're going to end up losing this year, unfortunately. But we'll see. Um, I just want to say go Dodgers. It's basically Boston West. <laughs> Boston West, go Dodgers. But I will say this. Go, go Marlins. I will say this. The AL is wide open this year. But the I Astros think. are going to take it. Because I'm, proud of you. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to play the outro music. <laughs> I was about to flip a coin on the Astros Orioles, but I went I went Astros because of experience. I would have been the Orioles. So. so here we go. So I'm going. We'll see what happens. We'll know a little bit more next week. So it's going to be an ongoing discussion. When it's Rangers, uh, bye Orioles. <laughs>